Hi, I'm David Massover. Welcome to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast, where I'll be interviewing senior sales leaders, sales experts, and sales service providers about what else, what it takes to drive B2B sales revenue. So thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast. My name is David Massover, and I am genuinely excited to welcome you. This is my first official podcast. I had number one, that was five minutes of me kind of introducing the podcast, but now it's real. We've got a guest, and we've got a great guest, and we're going to talk to this guest, and it's going to be awesome. Today, I am very happy to welcome my friend, Andy Solomon. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. Ah, it's a pleasure. If you don't know Andy, uh, you should. He produces a lot of great content on LinkedIn, and uh, that's where we ran into each other. And Andy is working as the Director of Sales Training at Associated Materials. And Andy, I've known Andy for a little while, and I know that there's a great story about how it came to be that you are the Director of Sales Training at Associated Materials. Can you share a little bit of that with us? Yeah, man. So pretty interesting because it's like a combination of a bunch of things coming together at just the right time. You know, I, uh, throughout my career, have always been in sales and uh, in management. And in 2007, I'd actually joined a home remodeling company. And that's where I found my home in the building and remodeling industry. And I uh, worked uh, there at an entry-level management position. And uh, throughout my seven-year career there, worked my way up to uh, actually running that marketing department. And while I was there, um, I also did some in-home sales as well. So that gave me the, a good, solid background for when I wanted to make my move into the manufacturing side of the industry and started working for Associated Materials as a territory sales manager. And, uh, you know, did that for four years, experienced some success. And, you know, throughout my whole career, I've always had a, I guess you call it a side hustle or a side project, but I've always been working on something kind of on my own uh, in the evenings or on the weekends, building websites, making videos, starting blogs, you know, doing different types of things. And I always had it in my mind that I wanted to train, that I wanted to help, you know, people learn other things. I always had a good knack for coaching and teaching. You know, at the beginning of 2018, I decided to start uh, something a little bit different. Uh, I started a YouTube channel called Edge with Andy. And the premise of that channel was multifaceted. One was to kind of like a a they sell, we sell. So if I'm educating my customers on different sales and marketing tips and tactics and marketing strategies from the experience that I had gained when I had worked for the, the, the modeling company, that I could help their business grow and that in turn would help my business grow. And the other piece of that as well is I kind of had it in my head that down the road one day I'd like to get into sales training. And I thought it was going to be a 10-year trajectory that it'd be down the road that I had to kind of put in my work before I could get there. But after a year of making videos on YouTube and posting on LinkedIn, gaining some exposure within my organization, they were seeing that I was having success in the field, but also doing some things differently. That sales training role became uh, open a year later, and here I am. I started that in 2019. I've been the director of sales training here at AMI for a little over a year now. So what I love about that story is that 
you started this YouTube channel, you started creating content, you didn't really have a specific goal in mind, but it got you this exposure and it, and it kind of accelerated this goal that you had. So it, it's really great. I, I love that story. When you think about kind of where you wound up, is it where you want it to be? Is this the kind of sales training role that you would imagine when you had that 10 year plan that got compressed into like what, 18 months or whatever superhuman feat you, you yeah. accomplished? No, it, it absolutely is because I think, you know, I don't have a whole lot of experience in learning and development, right? I've only been in that type of role for, uh, you know, a little over a year. So I don't know how other organizations and other people experience it. But I know that there's almost like facilitator roles where you're kind of coming onto or into a program that's already created and you're basically just facilitating it. The opportunity I think that the company saw in me and that I saw within the position was there's a lot of opportunity for creativity. So I'm able to create a lot of those curriculums, a lot of those materials myself through Brainshark and uh, different outlets. So it's a, it's a really good use of my creativity and uh, my passions uh, really just to be, it's, it's the perfect role for me. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoy it. You know, sales training is a funny industry. Some people think it's, it's, it's a waste of time. Some people think it's indispensable. I'm sure there's a lot in between. But what do you think, and this is a dumb question, I'm going to ask it anyway, but you know, you know, what do you think the big secret is? Like, How do you make sales enablement, sales training, supporting salespeople to be more effective? How do you approach that challenge in a way that, that you're most likely to get results? Absolutely the challenge. And it's definitely a fun challenge to try and figure out how to actually make it stick and work. And uh, I think I've learned uh, pretty quickly where I think that we are going to have the most success. I've attended and gone through a lot of sales training, you know, in the past that was almost felt like it was an event. And you'd show up for that one day, two day, three day training event. And it was great. You felt great. You learned some things. You had the energy, but you'd go back out into the field. You're ready to change the world. And after a couple of weeks, you're just back into your old routines and you've forgotten 90% of what it was that you learned. So how do you fix that challenge? I truly believe that in order to scale training, you can still have the event, but you have to build in your follow-up to that event and you have to build in whatever refreshers that you're going to have and additional learning that you're going to add on to that as well. But I really think that you need to run that sales training and a lot of that reinforcement through your sales managers and your sales leaders to where they're the ones that are having the one-on-ones. They're having the smaller group meetings with their salespeople. Because you know our challenge and my challenge in, in, in particular is we're across the United States and Canada. In the US alone, we have seven different regions, seven different regional sales vice presidents. Each one of those has uh, two to three area sales managers. And each one of those guys has... 10 to 12 sales reps. So we have over 200 sales personnel across the country. And how do you scale sales training across all those people? Um, I think it runs directly through sales management. And that's how we're building out our program now. We have that event piece, come up to corporate, get your sales training. We have e-learning built into it through Brainshark is the LMS that we're using for that. And then we're building in curriculum that can be delivered through our sales leaders and we're enabling our sales leader and we're reinforcing and supporting our sales leaders with coaching training as well. When I first got started in sales training, I had the idea that all I had to do was, was train salespeople. I just kind of created my own company. It's when I moved here to, to Budapest from the States. 
printed up some business cards and, and just figured, listen, I'll just get up in front of rooms of people and impart my wisdom and, and change the world. And and I discovered exactly what it is that you described, which is you go back and follow up a couple of months later and you discover that they're they're exactly where they were, uh, you know, the day before the training. And so I learned that same lesson that that you have to get management, you have to get leadership involved, but that's challenging because especially these days, sales management and sales leadership is pulled in so many directions that often to expect them to take the time to coach, to mentor, to to facilitate any kind of sales enablement, it's a challenge in a lot of organizations. How do you make that work at Associated Materials? So. I went through a period where I had to look at what competencies and what skills do we expect our, our sales reps to have and, and what gaps do we have and what are we missing and what do we need? So I come up with a list of over 250 various different things that we expect our reps to know, do, and understand. Yeah, 250. That is, that's a lot. That's a big list. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an extensive list. And then I had to go uh, into each one of those things and kind of get an idea of what does the end picture of this particular competency or skill look like? What do we expect the, the peak level to be and how do we get there? So designing a program that's able to step people up to that, that peak level performance is, is one piece of it. The other piece is being able to support your sales leaders with the right materials and to go and do those trainings and have those discussions and to kind of have a structure to it. So we have a 90-day onboarding program, but that's going to be followed up with a phase two, a phase three, a phase four. And it's all going to be structured and built out to have the different types of skills that we think should be learned within those phases. And those phases might take two years for a sales rep to go through, but it's going to be structured and built out all the way through. And then supporting that sales leader with the right materials to, to, to facilitate those trainings with their sales reps, but also supporting that with the classroom training and the online training, and kind of hitting it from a, a whole slew of different angles, you know, so to speak. So you kind of have a, a, a training plan for the sales people, and you also have a, a kind of a training enablement plan for the managers and the leaders to help them be successful when they're playing their role in addressing those challenges. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I kind of call it like a career development path. So there is a path for sales reps to get up to where we want them to be. Where do we think they're going to be competent within their their territory? You know, traditionally, it's been like a year, so to speak, before we feel like a sales rep really gets up to full speed to ramp up. And, you know, personally, I'd like to reduce that by several months to get them up to speed. But the only way to do that is to have a, a structured plan and then to kind of train the trainer, so to speak, and that's to the sales leaders and the coaches, enable them. Because what you find out there, and you hear it all the time, is that you know, sales managers weren't or haven't been paid attention to or haven't been provided the training themselves to actually be a coach. So that's what we're addressing. We're going to help our sales leaders become those coaches and then support them with the materials and the path to actually ramp up their sales reps, and then we're going to tie human resources into that whole program to make it part of their career development. So if one day they get to a certain level and they want to go become a, a regional a direct sales manager or they want to go become an area sales manager, we'll have different development paths or learning paths for those different career choices that they might have. Because the big thing for me in trying to help sales managers with the right materials is, you're right, man, They a lot of times 
get so bogged down working in their business, they don't have time to work on their business. And I really feel that if we provide the right training to those sales reps and we help them become self-competent and able to do some of the things that they're leaning on their sales managers to help them with, that that'll free up that sales manager. Because right now you have sales managers have to come in and help close those larger deals or help see those deals through because the sales rep hasn't been provided the right training to be able to do that themselves. And no fault of the sales manager, but they haven't been provided the right training themselves to be able to coach their people to become that type of salesperson. They just kind of learned it on their own. That's a huge challenge. And needless to say, I'll be busy for for a while in the seat that I have. It's a really, really interesting and unique dynamic that you're describing. You know, so you're describing the situation where the sales managers don't have time or energy or focus or or, or bandwidth or whatever, whatever words you want to use. They don't have time to enable sales reps and support sales reps because sales reps haven't been properly trained and enabled. And you solve that problem. You know, so they go running to their manager. You solve right. that problem by giving both of them more support, more training, so that each of them can be more effective in doing their individual jobs, which allows more time for them to work together to make the reps more effective because of the help they're getting from the manager. I know that was a very convoluted way of explaining <laughs> it, but that's a really cool dynamic. How is that being received? by the managers? Are they open to that? Are they excited about it? Do they get the vision and are they on board? Everybody everybody loves it. Everybody is on board with it because I think the key is that it just can't be like aimless sales training. It can't, it's not unfocused. It's not, it doesn't feel like it's just training to train. It's training that's tied to a specific end vision and there's a clear path that's stepping them up through those different phases to reach that goal. And it just makes sense to everybody. And they almost feel the sense of excitement that it's, it, they're looking forward to what the end goal looks like and they're looking forward to actually having those materials. And they want that kind of support from the organization to be able to do that. So uh, I'm pretty excited about seeing it all come together. One of the first really great management books I ever read was Mastering the Rockefeller Habits by Vern Harnish. I, I don't know if you read it or not, but it was all about simplifying the communication, clarifying the vision, getting everybody on the same page. He actually has a one-page business plan and literally get everybody on the same page. And it sounds like that's really the, the, the cornerstone of your approach. If everybody can see what it is we're trying to do and they can see how this thing that I'm working on today fits into that big picture, what you're saying is that it really opens up people to, to this sales training process, which often does get a lot of resistance because people have experienced it in this event style, random, unapplicable, disconnected from everything else. It's really an accomplishment. It's really great to hear about that. It's, uh, you know, I'm a salesperson at heart, right? So if you have an idea and you have a vision, you have to know and understand how to go about seeing that vision come to fruition. And it's involving everyone who's involved, making them part of the solution as well, getting feedback, showing them the steps of your development, walking them through kind of where your mind is and how you're seeing things come together, getting their feedback uh, and making them part of it. So everybody kind of feels like it's, it's, it's a group solution rather than just, you know, corporate handing down some new training curriculum that they had nothing to do with and now they're expected to carry out. I want to make sure that, that I hear them as well. And what's really kind of unique and challenging about my position 
is that we allow a certain level of autonomy of, of autonomy throughout the different regions that we have. So each regional sales vice president might like to do things a little bit different. So there's certain customizing that has to be worked in there as well. So really the way that I've kind of addressed that is making the training as universal as possible with by and also allowing a little room within it for some some customization. In my own work, I tend to lead with sales process and I feel the same way about sales process. It it can't be so general that it's not applicable. It can't be so specific that it's restrictive. There's kind of the Goldilocks, you know, just right, right in the middle where it's kind of a framework and it can fit different people, even though they're doing things a little bit differently. It, It can be tricky to get to that balance, but I think it's certainly the right goal. So I'm guessing because you're very passionate about what you're doing, you articulate what you're doing in a really brilliant way. I'm guessing there's, there's got to be a lot of people listening right now who are thinking to themselves, you know, the heck with this sales stuff and the heck with this sales management stuff. Andy Solomon has inspired me to get into sales enablement and sales training. What, what advice would you have for somebody who's thinking about making a transition like that? I think the big thing is to start thinking about it a little bit differently. You know, I think that what we've been exposed to and what we've seen throughout the years is what we've already described is kind of, we think that we're going to be able to stand up in front of a room and, and run through a speech and, and really change behavior. And uh, as we've seen, it doesn't have the effect, right? It doesn't actually change behavior. People just go back to doing things exactly how they were. And actually, the only thing you can really hope from those events is that you motivated somebody enough to go out and learn it on their own, but you haven't really affected that change yourself. You just kind of motivated it. So I think if you're looking to get into sales enablement, if you want to get into coaching, if you want to get into teaching people how to do things, it's really learning how that actually comes together and learning how adults learn, right? Because we're all adults now and we all learn differently. So it's understanding how adults learn, understand that sales enablement piece. You know, we probably all belong to different sales podcasts and groups to, to, to learn how to, you know, be a salesperson. Well, now you have to start taking in content and reading books about sales enablement and adult learning. And I think that helps change your perspective on how you can actually change behaviors in somebody else through the way that you're going to build out your plan for how you're actually going to do that. That's really great stuff, Andy. I think a lot of people get put into a sales management leadership or enablement role without any guidance about how to do that and without giving it the kind of thought that you've talked about. And I think a lot of people fall into this whole, well, I found success this way. And so I'll just teach people what I did. And, and, and if you've had my experience, that doesn't work because people are different and different. You know, people have different styles. There are some principles that are universal, but the expression is unique. And I think there really has to be a lot of listening when you are trying to teach. Have you found the same? Yeah, because everybody's you're, everybody's different. And, you know, just for instance, you know, we have an older generation of salespeople, especially in the building industry, who aren't familiar with Zoom calls, right? And everybody's becoming more familiar with Zoom now with uh, the coronavirus and the whole COVID-19. So just throw an example out there. If if you yourself had experience with Zoom calls and you were selling through through virtual meetings, and then you go and try to, to, to talk to somebody else and say, this is how you do it. That might not work for them. So it's understanding how, well, you almost have to in today's environment, but if the environment wasn't that way, you, know, you have to listen to how they are comfortable selling, how they are comfortable learning. And then you have to cater your kind of vision on how you, how you have seen it be successful before 
but to how they are carrying out or how, how they learn or how they like to sell. So it's a nice blend there of kind of meeting them in the middle, which is, I think a lot of sales managers like to push things on people their way. And that doesn't, that's never received well. And it's never, it's not sustainable because people don't, it's not sticky. Sounds a lot like the dynamic between salespeople and their prospects and customers, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I can't just sell my way. I actually have to work with the people I'm trying to persuade and influence and get interested in my products. And if I just do it my way, uh, I'm going to lose a lot of people. That's right. It's selling to the buying process, right? Selling to the buying process. Hey, so you brought up coronavirus, COVID-19. It's March, end of March, 2020. That's something really top of mind for everybody right now as we're recording this podcast. How's that impacting you guys over at Associated Materials and and specifically with with respect to sales enablement and sales training? We actually have launched or launching a new product, right? And we had some in-person live trainings scheduled where, you know, we're going to go out in the field, visit a couple of different states, some, some different sales teams, roll out these new products and um, have live training events. Those are all canceled now and have to pivot. And now we're going to be launching those products virtually on Zoom calls, actually, and doing webinars that way. So it'll be kind of cool doing, you know, role-playing and things like that through, through video calls. Um, so that's really how we've needed to pivot. You know, our sales team um, and sales enablement, those in-person uh, meetings and trainings um, are not happening right now. So it's how can we move that stuff onto a virtual platform. And the great thing about it is the culture that uh, you know I've kind of had is has not really been as uh, I'm going to totally mess up this word technologically <laughs> advanced <laughs> to where you know we're doing uh, Zoom calls and, and and using different technologies and things like that. So now everybody's kind of forced to adapt into this new kind of culture, which I think is only going to help propel sales training going forward because now we're going to be more accustomed to doing things this way. It's going to be more acceptable and, uh, and accepted. And I think it's going to do great things. I, I, that's interesting. I think that's one of the big questions that's on a lot of people's mind right now. You know, we're, we're doing business differently right now because everybody's got to stay at home and, you know, can't go to a conference and can't go to a training. And is this going to last or is it going to change the way that we do business? And to the extent that it does, it sounds like you think that's a positive. I still think you have to have that in-person kind of thing. And honestly, if I don't want to, I know we're talking about sales enablement, but just talking about sales in general, I hear a lot of talk about how sales are going to be moved virtually and more sales are going to be conducted, you know, this way through video calls. And I just don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe, but I still think there's going to be those salespeople out there who are believe in that person to person, belly to belly, handshake to handshake kind of sale. And even if a, a you know homeowner or a customer is like, oh man, you've been selling me through video, or I've been doing video calls through for the past you know month, and uh, you should be able to do the same. They should be able to say, yeah, you know, I understand that, but we really believe in relationships. I really want to build value with you. And I really think that we should get back to that human connection, doing it face to face. And those sales reps, I think, are going to be the ones that are going to sell more than the ones that are going to you know relax and do things virtually. Um, I still think that that human, that handshake, the handshake is going to be much more powerful than the video. 
Yeah, there's something about having a meal with someone or even a cup of coffee with someone or even just a conversation in the same room. Uh, you can get pretty far on a Zoom call. I mean, I'm out here in Budapest doing work with, with folks in America. I do a lot of video and, and phone calls, but sure. there's something about being there in person that really takes it to the next level. Yeah, I just, I right. I think that that's, there's going to be an advantage to doing that still when this all blows over. But I do think that selling through a, a video call virtually is going to be a lot more accepted than it used to be. So there's going to be a greater place or a greater home for that type of sale. Andy, it has been fantastic learning more about you and your work. How can people find you if they want to learn more about you and, and read about what you're working on? I think the best place is how we met, right, on LinkedIn. So that's where I'm the most active. Uh, Andy J. Solomon is where you can find me on LinkedIn. And yeah, I'm always open to connecting, always looking to share ideas. And uh, yeah, that's, I'd love to connect with people. So that would be a great place to find me. Well, it was great having you as my first official guest on the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast. Thank you very much for your time, Andy. Very much appreciated. Have a great day, Dave. You've been listening to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast with your host, me, David Massover. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you and your sales organization accelerate growth, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, reach out to me at davidmassover.com or find me on LinkedIn. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast to be the first to know about new episodes. And thanks for listening. Now, let's go drive some B2B sales revenue.